Welcome to El Police Radio. I'm your host, Alpha Mike, on this great series that we've come up with, The Ivory League of Domestic Terrorism. And as we discussed last week, we will continue to discuss it. We have shows all the way to the 28th of December and maybe even to the first uh, week of January because there's a lot to cover. So we'll kind of evaluate that as we go along. But I want to read this, and then I want to play you the video. The family of the alleged ISIS-inspired Port Authority bomber said they were heartbroken by the attack on Monday and blasted law enforcement agencies for what they claimed were heavy-handed tactics by investigators. We are heartbroken by the violence that was targeted at our city today, and by the allegations being made against a member of our family, said the statement read by Albert Foxconn, legal director for the New York Chapter Council for Islamic Relations. But we also are outraged by the behavior of law enforcement officials which held children as small as four years old out in the cold and who pulled a teenager out of a high school class to interrogate without a lawyer and without his parents. It was not immediately clear if the four-year-old or the teenager were related to the suspect. The family continued to criticize the way the investigation was handled, even though the suspect, uh, blah, 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 shit rag, allegedly launched a failed terror attack in a crowded city subway tunnel. These are not the sort of actions we expect from our justice system, the statement read. We have every confidence that our justice system will find the truth behind the attack and that we will, in the end, be able to learn what occurred today. Well, I could tell you what occurred today. Shit rag, they came from Bangladesh, on chain migration, his uncle won the freaking lottery. Ding, ding, ding. And then they gave him an application. He took the application and he filled it out with all the so-called relatives in the village. You know, so-and-so that lives over there, you know, by where the mule's at, or... Uh, so-and-so that's up there by the mountain to the left. Yeah, he's also a distant cousin. Five times removed, but he's on the list. And through this chain migration, Shitrag got here. He's been here seven years. He drove a taxi. Taxi! And somehow, our friends over at ISIS polluted his ear. Or someone close to him polluted his ear or his ear was polluted before he got here who knows and let me clarify this a little bit better who cares all we care about is what is shit rag doing here in the first place blowing up or attempting to blow up the cities of new york's subway system 
This is ludicrous lunatism at its best. Chain migration. This thing's been going on for 15 years. And if you look at it, Congress, as, as well as their uh, co-conspirators, the senators, have introduced phony bills that lay on people's desks for years at a time and then die in subcommittees to remove chain migration. Do you understand how ludicrous this is? So there's a so-called lottery system. And they just pick names out of a hat. And you could be the biggest worthless individual in your neighborhood or your village or your hut or wherever the hell you came from. And all of a sudden, you're on the fast track to come to America. You know, you know the Statue of Liberty. It's up there. Bring me your your loneless terrorist, so they can come and bomb the hell out of us. And then through this chain migration, they fill out these uh, application forms, and all of a sudden, Alibaba and the seven freaking thieves are in your neighborhood. And this is acceptable. And it's got to stop. This is ludicrous. This is freaking ludicrous. So... The, the, the families look, they're outraged at law enforcement's attitude and what they've done. Well, news for the family, shame on the lawyer, if that's what they want to call themselves. And we'll, we'll name all these phony groups in a minute. And they know full well that law enforcement is exempt from a, giving a Miranda to any of the family members or any... Uh, close contact to the suspect in an emergency situation where other innocent people can die as ruled by the United States Supreme Court. So whatever they're uh, arguing about has nothing to do with what you think it does. What it has to do is to neutralize or neuter law enforcement. So now we want to attack law enforcement for these horrible tactics. You know, they, they pulled them out of their house. They kept everybody out in the cold. And then the cops went through everybody's personal belongings and all through the house because, you know, the cops, they have nothing to do. They were like, hey, what do you want to do? I don't know. Let's go to Shitrag's family's house and, and tear it up. They're trying to prevent more of this. They're on a fast pace, they're hurrying to go to these locations and do some real law enforcement work. And I think anybody or the average American can actually say, you know, it's needed. But uh, the family's outraged. And what's even more scary is that the, the Ivory League of Domestic Terrorism, which is their lawyers, are more outraged than the family. They're actually, you may not believe this, but coaching their family on how to become outraged. You got to kind of, you know, teach that along. And now they want answers. They want answers and they want them now. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, 
uh, in the new reformed FBI, and we'll get to them. <laughs> we got we got a whole podcast on that corruption over there at the top. But they're not going to intimidate uh, law enforcement. They're not going to intimidate federal law enforcement. But they will intimidate politicians pretty good. <laughs> They'll scare the pants off of them. And while <gasps> we're on the subject of politicians, the beloved mayor of the city of New York, uh, Mayor Big Bird, is now denying any knowledge whatsoever of any program that during your arrest and incarceration and criminal justice process in the city of New York, you're given a survey, and as a result of that participation in your survey, you get a gift certificate to Dunkin' Donuts, $15. So now, um, like I said, very uh, strange that all of a sudden he has no knowledge of any of this the day after the bombing. So he's a little confused on what everybody's talking about. Even though there's $900,000 of taxpayers' money, which is actually funding this craziness, and the surveys are being done. So it's a um, customer service thing they want to improve. This is where your tax dollar will end up in the crazy left agenda. Okay? I'll get lost in stupidity to how they just easily just burn money. You know, I recently read an article, and uh, California has, uh, of course, tragically enough, fires that are occurring all over southern part of California. They had it in the northern part of California the month prior. And the the bill is enormous. It's stacking up to fight these fires. And now the state of California is asking the federal government for money in the billions of dollars. But the article points out that the governor of California, Governor Charlie Brown there, that he has a program which he kind of mentored himself where the state is spending a billion dollars, a billion, that's with a B, to have yoga classes. Yeah, I thought so. So this is the problem. The crazy left. They're on a roller coaster ride to destroy the fabric of America, piss all the money away, create crazy concepts that nobody can pay for, and very soft on crime and very hard on law enforcement. This is the new agenda. And crazy enough, people don't believe in what I'm saying. There's a lot of people that are signing up for this recently, uh, the citizens of New York City voted Big Bird back into office. Now, I just want to say this, and we'll get off the subject with Big Bird and all this other stuff. About 30 to 45 days prior to the election in New York City, the media was really 
pounding very hard. And when I talk about the media, I'm talking specifically about the New York Post on uh, Mayor Big Bird and his, his antics, his bulliness, how he shows up late in the morning or early afternoon to go to work and not very attentive to much detail. And, you know, it, it, it was a lot of articles on why this guy is bad all around. Voted back in. Guy's back in the office. So you get what you pay for, you get what you ask for. And that old adage, be careful what you ask for, you might get it. Well, they got it. And trouble times are headed that way. New uh, legislation in the city of New York on the table right now for law enforcement officials, police officers to explain to citizens, criminals, potential criminals, how they can opt out to searches and so forth. And it's being titled that um, it's informing them of their rights. Even though the Supreme Court has said law enforcement doesn't have to invite, have to notify you of your rights. In fact, the Supreme Court has gone on to say that law enforcement can use deceptive tactics to collar criminals. But under this new leftist Che Guevara type of government, we'll have none of those so-called rulings from the Supreme Court. They're not warranted. They're not needed here. We have our own agenda. So, folks, when you look at your jurisdiction, and let's get back to the basics here. You look at your jurisdiction. You have to notice certain things, certain values. And if they're not being done, let's start off with the small stuff, okay? Because I'm a firm believer if you cannot do the small stuff, you'll never be able to do the most difficult of those things. And is that jurisdiction enforcement on traffic, um, are they... And I'm not saying they should go out there and just ticket anybody in sight, but it's it's a known fact that enforcing strict traffic rules is a deterrent to crime. Why? Because criminals don't want to drive through areas that they might get stopped with burglary tools in the trunk. It's that easy. And most of these fools don't have valid driver's license to begin with. Or the tag doesn't belong to the car. You know, it's a little mishap, that's all. Or the car might not be his at the moment. So if you start to see those things, if you start to see the area of where you live deteriorating, there's a cause, there's a reason, there's something going on. We look at Charlottesville, Virginia, and the demonstration that happened in Wacky University, um, demonstration in, in, I believe, the downtown of Charlottesville. And an individual died, and there was a tragic accident or murder or whatever you want to um, deem it. But now, all of a sudden, the chief of police to Charlottesville, Virginia, has abruptly resigned after there has been an inquiry now, independent inquiry, and soon to have a federal inquiry, there were some things that 
have come to light, of course, being denied, that the Chiefs said, let them fight it out. It'll give us an excuse to come in later. And certain article uh, on Police One talks about how intimidation was prevalent within the ranks not to really cooperate with investigators and so forth. The reason that's happening, folks, is because that political pressure did not just come from the chief. The chief, he dances to the strings. The puppeteer, in these cases, are usually a government figure, either a mayor or a governor of a, of a state. They're the ones that are kind of influential on the police response and calling for the stand down. Now, what I'm very disgusted at is the slow moving turn of the Justice Department to catch up to these things and denounce them for what they are. I know that any credible law enforcement official, in regardless of whatever state, could not live with themselves knowing that this nonsense is going on. And for to see it prevalent, it, it, it's obvious. It happened in Baltimore when there was a riot there. They, they just let people go crazy, break uh, police cars and so forth, and then say, well, it's only property. But the violence gets bigger. People start getting hurt. You've got to show some strength, some authority. That's the purpose of having enforcement. When you don't enforce it, you send a mixed message to that community. Our friends on the left are getting more quirky, more crazy, more lunatic. One thing I want you to pay attention to when you open up your newspapers and you read them and you look at the boob tube, hopefully it's a real news you're looking at. Um, but if you're an avid officer, active or retired, you might want to look at Police One. But I want you to concentrate on the new trend from the left, chiefs of police whining and whining and whining how they can't find people to hire. So therefore, the stringent process of being hired is going to be lessened to allow more people the ability to get in and become part of the police force. I thought so. So here's another problem. You're starting to see this pattern hitting certain areas of the country. If you look deeper at these jurisdictions, you will start seeing our leftist politicians are in control. Lessening any type of stringent policy to become a law enforcement officer is a concern. And... Any jurisdiction or any, any agency, better said, will tell you that. Starting with the highest uh, law enforcement agency in the country, which is the FBI, and they're questionable with the circus they got running over there at the top levels. You hear that a lot. 
you'll hear that a lot on the media where we don't want to offend the rank and file of the FBI because it's really coming from higher management, which may be true. But there's also a, a philosophy within the FBI. I don't know what it is, but they're just not very friendly people. And uh, I could tell you that from experience when I was assigned to the Miami-Dade Public Safety Training Institute, and the FBI also has a position there at that academy center. Um, they'd walk past you and wouldn't piss on you if you caught on fire. And, well, you don't see that with regular uniform. So it's kind of something that's embedded in them. We're higher than the local law enforcement. Or more important, we have security clearances that just they just cannot achieve. 9-11-2001 is a perfect indication that our law enforcement circles weren't communicating with each other. Why? Because we're the elite. We're not going to tell the local people anything. Of course, uh, legislation has changed the communication roles, and now we have task forces that work to clearing houses and all this other stuff that are working together in order to get the information out. But there's still that that chip on my shoulder thing that I'm the federal government. And forgetting their true role is you're a cop. Simple as that. Okay, you're not super freaking man. You're a cop. And even your badge has limitations. You know, during uh, my career, I've seen craziness. You know, FBI agents running on... Uh, DUI, drunk, on the wrong side of the road, killing several people, and all of a sudden, since he's a federal agent, he disappeared into Disney World somewhere. And it doesn't look good, doesn't smell good, doesn't taste good. So accountability and leadership comes from the top. Therefore, the top law enforcement agency in the country should lead by example. And what you're seeing on the media now and it is coming to light, is lies, lies, more lies. Where does that come from? Who are the rank and file of the FBI, college educated? But let's not concentrate on them, just like they say our friends over in the political world. Let's concentrate on the leadership. They're lawyers. I thought so. They're lawyers, and that's another problem. You've got lawyer, the lawyer, the lawyer, the lawyer's in charge. And everything, when do you become a cop? When? When Everything, it, it, law, 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 law. They, they got a new director now, another lawyer. Brought him in, instead of getting a cop. You know, I always said that uh, Ray Kelly, former commissioner of the New York City Police Department, would have been a great fit for that new director role. I know he is criticized by certain uh, segments of the rank and file of the New York City Police Department saying he was never really, you know, a beat cop. But he did go uh, through the police department in rank 
and he served at the highest levels. You know, some people are born for leadership, so I'm not going to criticize that. But he would have been a good fit because he had a large amount of experience as a B cop, as a cop, as a cop, dealing with police issues of our community. And uh, he was passed over, passed over for what? For a lawyer. A lawyer is going to come in and fix everything. Even though he is a lawyer, he has a degree, a JD, but um, he was passed over. There were, might have been other people that have been, would have been great fits for that. But all of a sudden, this is another thing, how government changes roles. And all of a sudden, there's a new phenomenon. It happens like overnight. It's nothing in writing, nothing in policy. But all of a sudden, you might meet the credentials to take that role, but somebody in the food chain said, no, but I also want them to have this in their background so they can manipulate who they pick. Okay, and it happens every day, happens everywhere, happened to me, okay, at the end of my career. So I can tell you, because it's a lived experience for me, it happened to me, this adding on of stuff is baloney. If it's not in writing, then you can't make it an achievable item at the last second on the 11th hour. So... You're starting to notice this now that the trend is if you're going to be an FBI director, you should have a law degree. Where does it say that? Yeah. Okay. And all the clowns that are around the director should have law degrees, true. And so that's the new trend, right? So if a law degree, I sit on my rear end all day, sit in a freaking office, I don't know what the hell the field forces are doing because, you know, I'm too important. And... This is enforcement? This is supposed to be leadership? The great words of General Patton, we cannot forget, see and be seen, okay? Let the troops see you, and you need to see the troops. Leadership 101. So there's a lot of rebuilding that needs to be done at the FBI level and twiggle all the way down to other elements of federal law enforcement. We have also spoken about at other in our other podcasts the left and their craziness and their nutty little world. And you can't make this stuff up, folks. But they have always pushed for a national police force. And that is the most corruptible thing you can do. That is the equivalent of taking a cyanide pill and just going to sleep. Our uniqueness in this country is the independence of all these agencies that com- that are under the authority of a state government. And that state government creates the rules of engagements for those agencies in that state. If we come up with a national police force and you put the right mannequins in position the puppeteer can start pulling the strings. Horrible, big mistake. We're starting to notice that now in the FBI that they were mannequins with 
strings attached, the politicians were moving in the direction they wanted to go. We don't call investigations investigations. We call them matters, okay? Well, you go ahead and break a federal law and see if they call your situation a matter. And when you don't, you have to look at that, folks. I know there's a lot of people turned off because I'm talking about the bad word, which is politics. But the reason that in this segment, when we discuss the Ivy League, the Ivy League are lawyers that have leftist agendas. We have to talk about it because they're talking about the industry that we served or we are serving, which is law enforcement. And the crazy left is always coming up with concepts. Remember, there's never been a tragedy that they can't um, kind of take advantage of for their political careers. But you know what's ironic? The new tax bill, and we'll, we'll get back on subject, a little, this is a little sidetrack. The new tax bill, Diane Feinberg, Feinstein, whatever her name is, over in San Francisco's the senator, been there. She's been a chair over at the Capitol for about 40 years. And um, she's advocating now on the tax bill that the deduction for homes are too low. Well, the average, well, not the average, the minimum buy-in to a home in the northern San Francisco area, okay, anything close to the coast, you're living high. About, uh, I would say, 20 miles inland, <laughs> you're in a ghetto. But that's how California is being created. Well, anyway, the, 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 the minimum on a buy-in out of a house in the coastal area of Northern California is 700000 So the deduction level is at that point where you, they can't claim their homes, and they're screaming. They're screaming. Okay? So people are not paying attention. Here's the liberal left, so-called defenders of the little guy, the poor, and there's a segment of that group defending the rich. <gasps> but you're so lost in what they always say. Everything is, oh, no, 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 this benefits the rich and not the poor. That's the only baloney they know how to say. But they never back it up with one freaking fact. Not one. Bottom line is, folks, everybody has to pay taxes. Nobody likes it, and it impacts everybody. Okay, when it comes out of your wallet, regardless of the amount that comes out, it, it affects you. Government is way too big. It costs a lot of freaking money. Therefore, you got to pay in. That's why the ones that are here illegally without paying, there's such an outcry. But our leftist little friends love it. Open borders, let everybody in. No, no different. Popping up here on the screen, I'm, I'm seeing that uh, chain migration has been around for way over the 15 years. So, you know, the bottom line is, does it matter? No, it's, 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 it's been around one Sunday too many. That's what I get to say. And it needs to be reformed. Thinking out of the box, 
my friends, thinking out of the box is so important. When you think in the box, you limit yourself. You put walls around concepts. And that's how manipulators manipulate because they know that you're stuck inside your box and you can't get out. And as a leader of an agency, if you're stuck in a box, you need to get out. You can't do modern-day policing, whether it's out in the street or in the jails, with concepts from the 50s and 60s and 70s. You've got to have concepts today. You know what I hate the most? And I'm going to go there and I'm going to say it. These agencies now that because there's so much criticism with um, minorities, they have these uh, phony little clips of police officers playing basketball and they're networking with the community and all this. And so, you know, they do the 10, 15-minute video they post it on Facebook and that's it. They're part of the community. Now, the way to be part of the community, folks, is to get out of your freaking car, ring doorbells, and start making new friends. And the bottom line is, and the truth be told, police officers are a closed-knit society. Just like I told you about our friends over at the Federal Bureau of Investigation wouldn't piss on you if you caught on fire. So we've got to be more personable. And, and although interpersonal uh, tactics are shown in the academy, you, you have to learn that from an early age, how to be a personable person, how to speak, how to be cordial. Uh, you can't teach it. Um, I, it. It's just impossible. If you don't know it, you don't know it. So the bottom line is on these segments, what we're trying, we we're trying to enhance your vision and your ear. We want you to learn how to pick up when you hear baloney. We want you to see with your own eyes quickly that the three-card Monty is about to go down. Three-card Monty. You know, three cards, pick the ace, the guy shuffles the deck, and then you and you can never get it. Okay, three-card Monty. So you, we want to educate you on that process. A lot of baloney out there, and we're signing up for it. A lot of us are raising our hand, don't know any better. We blindly just follow the leader, and sometimes the leader is heading into a brick wall. So we got to keep those things uh, on our scope, our vision. Recently, I had the pleasure of applying for, as a re retired, a part-time instructor position and, um, in the area that I live in Tampa Bay. And I'm going to have a segment on this. I'm going to have an actual show on this. So I'm not really going to get into too much of the particulars. But it was a horrifying experience. On paper, I can make the grade. There's no doubt about it. Um, but what I walked into, folks, we're talking about a rural community. And 
their academy, their law enforcement academy, is a lot smaller, very, very small, compared to a large metropolis. And I'm not trying to degrade anybody, so I don't want anybody to get pissed off because you have cows in your community. You know what you're doing better than anybody else. But I walked into a panel of 10 people. Horrifying. And wait till we come up with our show and we're going we're gonna to do that real soon in the coming year, 2018. Um, it had political overtones. And apparently there's some type of, in my best estimation, there's some type of lawsuit and that's why this is all going down the way it is. And short of the word pathetic, I can't come up with anything else. Okay. We'll discuss it at a later time in another podcast. I encourage you to listen to it. I haven't come up with the title of that podcast, but it, it'll be one show. I'm not going to beat you over the head with that. But there's something very sinister going on with that whole process. Sinister. Because when you train your ears, your eyes, your thinking pattern to look out for the leftist agenda... You pick it up very, very quickly. And I want you to understand one fundamental principle. The leftist agenda does not have law enforcement officials, and if you're one of them, or you were one of them, I'm talking to you, in your best interest. They do not have you in their best interest. Simple as that. They don't really care. It's a facade. Okay. They want to weaken your powers, your ability to perform. They want to limit your equipment. They want to take away machine guns and everything else. They don't even know what, what a rifle is. And if they could have you with a whistle, off you go. A whistle and, and, and a scooter. That car. Are you crazy? Waste gas? Gas emissions? Global warming? What are you, nuts? A freaking scooter, maybe. And 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 no, 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 not not the uh, the gas propeller. No, no, no. The ones who, with your foot, you pedal down the street and a whistle. You're good. If they could get away with it, they would. Okay. So we now come into the portion of the podcast. We have one more coming up. Of course, if you want to connect with us, you can on lpoliceradio.com. We're on Stitcher, we're on iTunes, we're on all that stuff. You can also look us up on Podbeam, and you can look up El Police Radio over there as well. We want you to connect. I especially would like to focus on our Twitter account, and specifically mine, which would be AlphaMike2017. That's the handle on Twitter, AlphaMike2017. 2017, lowercase, everything, one word. And there I kind of uh, pose questions, post articles of the direction we're going in uh, different shows in the future. I use that as an outlet and I throw it out there and so forth. So I want you to connect to that. Also our Facebook, El Police Radio. And in, all, and in 2018, our training group is going to be formalized 
and that's going to be 09 training. And as a result, we will have an online uh, segment of that, which will go out first, and it will be passcode protected. We want the right people to get the information at the wrong people. And there will be a lot of uh, contributing people as well helping us out with uh, a lot of these agendas. And the possibility of a podcast, or we'll go ahead and handle the podcast on El Police Radio through the training segments or series, and uh, we'll kind of show you what we're talking about. So you're going to be seeing a lot of that in 2018. So stay focused to that. And then, of course, uh, in the latter part of 2018, then we'll start going hands-on applications and so forth. So we got a lot on the agenda, and uh, our our website, lpoliceradio.com, will also um, be circulating some articles that will be passcode protective. I'm not too sure on all that uh, technical stuff, but it, it's coming. It's, it's headed your way. Now, it's time, it's time to have that conversation. Now in the conversation, I want to talk about one important aspect of law enforcement, and that is obedience. Obedience to the rule of law, to your policy, your procedures, to your supervisor's commands. Obedience and the importance of obedience. And I want to tell you, God's in the fight. And he tells us specifically about obedience. And a state. For though we walk in flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our welfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought in captivity to obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Are you obedient? It is a most difficult role walking as a believer in Christ to be obedient. There's a lot of distractions out there calling you. And you can easily derail and become disobedient as a result of that. But God tells us here in this scripture, that when your obedience is up to par, God will put a rest to disobedience and bring captive all those things that are against the power of the Almighty, even the knowledge of God. So it tells us that disobedience wants to fight against the knowledge of God. And what we've discussed here in this series is our leftist agenda. This is not a popular subject, folks. A lot of people will probably not even speak to me as a result of these things. But so be it. I can't control it. A lot of people say, well, if Jesus was alive today, he would he would be a conservative because the Bible doesn't pull any punches. It calls it the way it sees it, whether you like it or not. 
And when you challenge the knowledge of God, you become disobedient. But the scripture says that God will bring all that into captivity. And he does it through the vessels that are obedient to bring those things that are disobedient into submission. When a man wants to be a woman, a woman wants to be a man, when I can go in any bathroom that I wish, depending on the mood that I feel that I can, when I feel that I can have relationships outside my marriage, when I can drink like a fish, or I can smoke whatever I want to smoke, you're fighting against the knowledge of God. You see, if God wanted you to smoke, he would have put a, a breathing hole like a, like a whale or a dolphin has on the top of his head. He would have put one on the top of your head so the smoke could emanate right through there. But he didn't. Or if he wanted you to drink, it wouldn't impair you. When it impairs you, it makes you disobedient. Definition of a drunk. Okay? No, the rules are simple, whether we like them or we don't. And in order to follow these rules, they're very difficult. The easy part is asking the Lord to forgive you of your sins and confessing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The difficult part is walking in that walk. You know, I've always heard and I've, I've experimented it myself. Probably you have also. Dieting is easy. I can lose X amount of pounds in X amount of days. But keeping it off is what's difficult. Commitment is what is difficult. I encourage you, don't wait for tomorrow because the scripture says tomorrow has its own problems. It Scripture also tells us today is the day of your salvation. Start today believing in Christ, believing that he is true and worthy and capable of dealing with whatever you're dealing with. That life in, with him brings eternal life. Start that commitment. Start reading the scriptures. Of course, scriptures will be babble to you if you read it if you're in disobedience and not in obedience and in order to be in obedience you have to basically confess your sins to Jesus accept him as your Lord and Savior cleanse with the blood of the sacrifice on the cross that was for you and for me then you will live a struggle life but you will start to become a life of obedience. And that's the beginning of your journey. Just like any other thing in physical fitness, martial arts, whatever physical thing that you want to do. The scripture even talks about that. Paul talks about running the race. He was an avid runner. There's effort that has to be put forth. Commitment in what you are doing. Physically, the Bible shows us the physical aspect of it. Because whatever is physical is demanding. But God is telling you, this might not be physical, but it's just 
as much demanding than the physical that you might impose upon your body. So today's the day that I tell you, find yourself a nice secluded area and start talking to God. Start making the change. Start making the commitment. Start changing from disobedient to obedient. And he will show you his power and his faithfulness. Folks, if you enjoyed the show, and I hope you do, we have our last segment of the I Believe of Domestic Terrorism, 28th of December. We'll go out the last show. We encourage you to listen to the last show of the year and where we will transmit to a new set of shows and we'll bring some guests on. Uh, as I said earlier in my first uh, segment of You're Done, uh, these are times that people, this tis the season to be jolly, so people are out ho-ho-hoing. Therefore, um, sometimes they're not focused on paying attention and listening. They're more uh, looking for coupons and deals in order to play the role of ho-ho-ho. Okay? Don't forget, we're about to celebrate. Oh, well, when this gets published, it will be... Uh, yeah, we're about to celebrate Christmas. Christmas, we're talking about the birth of the living God. Not the beer, not the coupons, not the party. The birth of the living God. That's the message. There's no other message. All the other messages are disobedient to the knowledge of God. Folks, it's been my pleasure, my honor to be your host on today's show. El Police Radio, we encourage you to keep on listening. I'm out.